day. Browns and Broncos tonight, 8.30 Eastern. It's our Saturday night game. We've been waiting for this one for a while, uh, specifically the last couple of weeks since we've been playing really, really well. Um, this is Gin and Tonic on Dogs by Nature on the long table. Uh, I'd like to welcome in my guest, a guy who hasn't been on for a while. I, I kind of miss having him around. So I'm glad he's here. Fourth, welcome aboard. Yeah, to be back, Ben. Glad to have you. So, um, since this is technically take two uh, <laughs> that nobody knows about, um, and we kind of did this already, I'm just going to run down real quick. And uh, I just want to pick your brain on what your thoughts are uh, since, you know, the last five weeks have gone by and uh, where we stand right now, obviously, since the uh, the transition from you and um, Todd to uh, Greg and Freddie. Well, I'm just glad it happened because that's this is the best five weeks, uh, despite the uh, two losses that I've uh, that I've ever had since in the ten years that I became a, a Browns fan. It's it's great, it's amazing, and uh, I mean if we lose, which is today for you, but uh, I have I have to wake up at two thirty a.m. tomorrow. So if you lose the game, uh, then we are out of the playoff race. So it's, uh, I don't know. It feels like a, it feels like we are in a playoff game. Sure. And and it and it's, I don't know. It's great to have this uh, gotta win this game feeling. And I feel like this is gonna be perfect for the guys. But um, as for the uh, coaches, I, I say. Keep what's working, and the setup that we have right now seems to be working. Freddie is uh, a blessing, I think. Uh, we, I don't know if, I don't know if the uh, um, behind the scenes uh, people kind of knew um, or, or had a an inkling of, of what kind of a OC he would be, or, or, or if we just lucked into him but um uh he's great and I, I would love to see uh what he can do when he has an entire off season to uh kinda I, I guess he would uh mold the playbook more to his liking and, and the players liking because uh, you know the re- reports are that what he does is is he goes to um to the meeting rooms, to the players, to kind of pick their brains uh, about uh, which plays they like, uh, what do they like to run, and so on and so forth. Uh, which is, I think, a really great way of uh, uh, kind of putting together a game plan. Sure. So, um, as for Greg. Um, I think his past kind of lingers uh, above him at at all times, with the uh, his uh, rather ungraceful exit from from the Saints, and his uh, demeanor as a defensive coordinator, kind of a uh, a bit a bit of a put on uh, hardassery that he does. But as a head coach, uh, so far. He's very calm and, and fatherly, like a, 
like a, I don't know, like a head coach monk or something. And um, even though um, it, it kind of rips my brain apart when uh, uh, when we miss like four or five tackles in a row, that just that that's that's probably the most aggravating part of our team r- right now. We 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 can't. There are long stretches in, in in each game where we just seem to forget how to tackle properly. And if we cleaned that up, uh, this defense, which I think is already well, not not top ten, but but close to top ten, maybe top fifteen. Uh, could be even better. Yeah. So, my opinion is let's 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 keep them. Let's keep them. As of right now, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I w- I'm going to say that I was not a um, obviously a, a Greg Williams fan. I, there was something about him. Uh, you know, I mean, over the course of his career, he's obviously had good defenses, but he also has his his issues, like you said, the, the whole New Orleans thing, Bounty Gate. Um, I did not suspect or suspect. I did not expect him to come in and actually do a good job as a head coach. Um, I, but you know what? The the more I've thought about it over the last couple of weeks, it's this is a guy who probably never thought he was going to get another shot to be a head coach in the NFL. You know, I don't think um, going back even at the beginning of this year, it's pretty clear that Todd Haley thought he was going to be the guy when you got fired. And everybody knew that that was going to happen at some point, but clearly with you and Haley getting fired at the same time, you know, Greg was the only choice. Um, Maybe, maybe this is Greg's last chance to coach an NFL team as a head coach, you know, and if he does a good job here, he's going to get that. He could, he could get that job full time. I I think it's tough to to say right now that he wouldn't be a top candidate, you know, for the job. Um, I, I'm going to say that, uh, you know, this whole potential, uh, the other, you know, obviously the other guy who's kind of looming overhead right now is, is Bruce Arians. And if we could take a combination of Bruce, uh, maybe Craig going back to DC and Freddie as the offensive coordinator. What? Uh, sorry, guys, that's uh, that's the pup. What? Uh, what do you think? What do you think about that potential? Well, um, I know that we had a lot of debates about this in the chow, and people don't like Arians coming back, but um, because you know he had the health scare, and he's not the youngest guy out there, but. Uh, I'm for the idea because he said that he would keep the coaching staff in place. So that's the re and, and he has a, a good track record as a head coach. So that's, uh, that's the, re- and it seems like it's his dream job. And yes. we, we didn't really luck out with uh, dream job guys. Uh, with Chad, although I didn't, although I don't think that he got his fair chance, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But, Chad um, would be the one guy, like we've said in the past, that I thought would be the uh, you know the uh, the one guy that I think didn't get a fair shake. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what else? Um, you know, 
obviously, as as we are now, I mean, things could change uh, with with the three games that that are coming up. Uh, I I say that in in the if we win out, uh, we keep the guys. Anything else uh, would make me angry, to be yeah. honest with you. If if we win out and make it to the playoffs through some miracle events, then uh, I know that uh, you know it's it's not completely in our hands. But if we make the playoffs after after the uh, rough start with Hugh and Haley, you gotta keep the guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think it would be hard to not keep them. I mean, if they go, if we end up with eight wins. You know, six of which, if we go six and two down the stretch, I mean, how would you? How could you not keep those guys? You know, I, I, I just don't, I don't see it as an option. You know, I think you, you have to keep them. Um, but uh, you know, crazier things have happened, and you know, maybe the thought is that that we won't be able to continue building from this. You know, if we we're, that most of most of this is basically, you know. Uh, the team saying screw you to Hugh Jackson, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't really, it, it's one of those things where I don't, I'm not really, I don't have a, a, a solid position right now because I don't, do I want to get a, you know, do I want to change the coaching staff? I kind of do, but I don't want to change parts of it. I mean, it's one of those things that, it, you know, the, you almost have to do more than you, is necessary in order to get everything working. And what that might mean, we lose Freddie Kitchens. And, and obviously, um, I don't know if that's something I want to do right now. You know, if we, we hire an offensive guy, you know, obviously they're going to want to implement their, their, their ideas and their, their structure and their system and schemes into, into our offense. Now, if you have an existing offensive coordinator, even a guy like, say, if we had Arians on who, um, you know, obviously worked with Freddie in the past in Arizona. Uh, is it going to, are they going to mesh or is this, you know, like, well, Freddie's kind of grown out from underneath that and now he's changed a little bit. And I mean, I, I don't know if it can hurt. I don't know if I, I'm, I'm still right now, I think I'm just riding the wave and I'm, I'm excited about where we are. So I guess my, my gut feeling is, you know, if we went out, we keep those guys. And I think that that might be the best thing, but at the same point, I'm not really sure. It's, 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 it's a tough position to be in because we really haven't ever, you know, we haven't been in this position before where, you know, we've had a couple of wins. Uh, we, we're building towards something. We actually, you know, I mean, I guess if you look back to the, the first year Petten was around that, we thought, well, this is a, a potentially, you know, or the, the numbers looked like, well, this is a potentially good team that could get better. I mean, if you watch the play, you kind of knew that that wasn't necessarily the case. I think this is a little different. I think if you watch... The, you know, the numbers say one, you know, could say one thing, but the eye test is that this is a drastically improving team as the season goes on, uh, whereas that was a drastically uh, worsening team. It was getting worse week in and week out as the season went on. And um, it's tough to say that, you know, I mean, this is all because of the coaching change. I think it's very clear that it's all because of the coaching change. But is it all because of the coaching change because all we needed to do was get rid of you and Haley and that just now we have average NFL coaching and we're this good or do we need to get better coaching to make us even you know what I'm, I'm not sure where I'm at right now with it I, I just know that 
you know, gratefully, this is a better team than than we were at the beginning of the year. They're playing better. They are definitely coached better. I mean, it's clear, um, even with the you know the issue that you brought up with the tackling. I don't necessarily blame that on the coaches. I think if poor tackling at some point has got to be on the players. Um, you know, you can only coach so much tackling. These guys are professionals. It's part of their job to you know specifically the linebackers and 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 uh, and the safeties and for those guys to not be tackling well, it's more on them than it is on the coaching, I think. So I don't really know where I stand when it comes to the coaches moving forward. Right now I'm happy with where we are and I'm, I'm just really riding the wave. Yeah, um, I, just, I, I just hope it won't be like a, a, a flash in the pan due to uh, bad decisions by the uh, head honchos. Uh, I mean, um, I don't know. It's, it's uh i, I often kind of pretend that i'm 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 the i'm the uh, I'm, I'm the guy who owns the browns and uh you know uh in previous years i would have like a list of things and people that i would bring in and do and this time i just want to keep my hands off i mean i and could i could totally relate to that i don't know I mean, Dorsey uh, did a good job with his first draft here. Um, there were some questionable uh, decisions, but but you know that's par for the course. I mean, that's 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 what happens. No no one bets a uh, thousand, as we uh, baseball fans say. Us baseball guys, right? Us baseball guys, exactly. So. Um, I'm comfortable with just letting the guys do their stuff, except if Dorsey wants to bring in new guys. I I would really prefer if he didn't want to bring in anyone else, except if we lose the three remaining games and we somehow end up looking like absolute shit, then yeah, bring in new guys. But so far, it's it's not just that the results are coming, it's the play on the field is fantastic it's it's a joy to watch games and and you know i previously i i used to the the past nine and a half years i would watch uh the games uh either pissed and sad or shitting my pants thinking that we are going to lose some ridiculous fashion any second yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, every you had every right to feel that way because that was kind of you know the the mo of the team. Yeah, uh, right now it's just I mean, this is what other fans must feel like when yeah. they watch. Games. I mean, we're talking five weeks of good football, you yeah. know, like realistically, and then maybe a couple. You know, I would say that uh, you know the Jet game was probably a, another one that. So maybe we've had six good weeks of football over the last three years, and they're all this year. You know, like I don't. I, I wouldn't consider that that Bengals game. Obviously, the first half was really, really uh, not the Bengals game. The uh, who did we beat? Who did we who, who did we beat the, with you? We beat the Jets and we beat uh, the Ravens. Oh, the Ravens. That's right. I mean, I, there was a game that you you know you. I don't think that was. A, I didn't feel like that was a great game. You know, like oh, you know. So we've had you know. Obviously, I think the Jets win and the, and the three wins under under. Uh, even the Bengal game, which I'm not crazy about, the second half, but f- put that aside. The, the, for the most part, we've you know we've had maybe you know five good weeks of football 
over the last three years and it's all this year it's crazy it's a you know i mean our, our win two years ago obviously last year no wins and then the win two years ago was i mean as exciting a game as you could possibly have but i mean to realistically come down and, and have to win because of a blocked field goal is not you know not something that you want to do every single i mean win it's, that you it's get. that that's that's how people remember it but actually you know uh, it was the last second miss by by the chargers kicker i mean if if he kicks that i don't know what it was 41 yard yeah. field goal uh then it's done so yeah. it's it's two uh basically fluke plays uh that gave Hugh his first and only win for the first two years of his, yeah, for the first two years yes yes so i mean uh, the other thing is now that we've gotten as many wins in the last five you know the, as many wins in the last five games that that he had in his first two and a half and you know in basically two and a half years it it's you know you feel like wow you know like the the last the last year specifically we've we've could have you know the full calendar year we should have been better um and uh so i mean i guess it's like it's like we said it the coaching the coaching is better i mean i I still think it, it. I don't really know how much better it is, though. Do you, and, you know, and I guess that's that's kind of why I'm a little leery about long-term coaching situation. I just don't know what to do at this point. I mean, I, I I'm at the point where I, I think it's just let's play out the rest of the season. I, I'm, you know, I'm firmly in in Freddie's corner. I, I I'm happy with what Greg's done, but I don't know how you know how this is going to play out, and I, I don't know. You know, I don't know where I stand right now, is which is even crazier. And you, normally, I'm pretty opinionated and pretty quick. I make a you know an opinion based off of what I've seen and what I've what I think. But this is one of those spots where I'm just not ready yet to make an opinion. And I guess with that, we'll take our first little break, and uh, we'll be right back. Hello. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. So welcome back. So we just wrapped up a little bit on the coaching, and I guess the the, the obviously the next thing to talk about is um, is the quarterback play. So I know you have been a Baker guy for a, for a long time. You've been you were one of the first guys in on on Baker. Um, one of the guys that actually made me watch a little bit more Baker Mayfield film when I wasn't really high on him um, earlier in the draft process. Uh, I, you know, I mean, what do you what do you, what do you think? I mean, I know you you can only say so much good about it, what he's done right now. He's up to five NFL Rookie of the Weeks, Offensive Rookie of the Weeks now. Um, you know, and you know it's questionable that he could have had more. Um, but he, you know, he's obviously had to lose one to his own teammate. Uh, but I guess I, the 
the the question is, uh, what do you think of what Baker's done specifically over the last five weeks, and what do you what do you think is going to be a good representation of him for the rest of the season? Uh, I think his level of play uh, in the Jets game when he came in and since Freddie took over is I I don't think I've seen anything like this before. Uh, we have seen great um, rookie play before and very recently. I mean, we have seen some records being broken uh, by Cam Newton. Uh, we have seen Wentz play great. We, the, um, RG3 had that uh, magical, well, maybe not entire year, but second half of the season. Um so we, we we have seen some uh some great uh rookie quarterback plays but um if we watched Browns games uh, without knowing that it was a Browns game if we could just somehow you know cover up the players and you had no idea who was playing you would think that we have a seasoned quarterback who is up for the Pro Bowl every year. Yeah. That's that's what it looks like. And um this is uh and I and I hate to uh uh jinx things of course, but um this is better than uh than I have imagined to be honest with you. I honestly thought that uh it's going to be a bit like Goff, like his First year, it's not going to be good. I didn't expect him to be as bad as Goff was in his first year, but I didn't. So I expected more growing pains than, than he has shown. Mm-hmm. And there has been growing pains, but um, um, you know what? I'm, I'm 35, and it's very rare that I admire someone who is 10 years younger than me. Or more. He's 24, right? Yeah, 24, 23, something like that. So, um, his confidence, his leadership, all these intangibles with with his personality, uh, that's that's what I admire the most. You know, uh, the accuracy, the uh, his his ability to. You know, moving in the pocket and 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 everything physical is 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 obviously great, but but the personality stuff is something that I truly admire, and you know, you can see it in in moments and 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 the way he, he has such a magnetic personality. So, um. And and we have just finished talking about uh, the previous two years with Hugh, and those were awful, the, the worst two seasons uh, in in Browns history, other than when there weren't Browns, and and Model was doing his evil awful shit. But the way I look at it right now is. If uh, uh, Baker keeps this up and there's no unfortunate injury or whatever that would end this wave of awesomeness, then I say the the previous two years were worth it because 
thanks to those two years, we got Baker. Yeah. That's that's how much I love the guy. Yeah, I mean, now I, I'm going to go, you know, I, I, my thoughts on Baker are obviously I was – early in the draft process, I didn't like him at all. And it wasn't the whole Johnny Manziel comparison thing. It was – there was a few things I didn't like about him. Obviously, I thought, you know, obviously the cockiness I wasn't crazy about. Um you know, this is all stuff that you know from a from the outsider's perspective. Before you start doing any real research, um, you know, I watched a bunch of game film. Um, I saw a lot of good things. You know, you, obviously, you see the quick reads, you see the throws. Uh, you saw the intermediate throws were exceptional. You know, they they jumped off off the charts. Uh, you know, the ball had good zip on it, and he got it where it had to go, and he was always accurate, and he was very good at making those decisions. It was always the one thing that I there was always a hang up for me was I always saw him hang a deep ball. He'd always hang. It was and it was. I thought it was something that was going to be a huge problem in the NFL because he he seemed to throw a little bit more off his back foot than I liked. He was, you know. He, Guys were underthrown a little bit. I remember seeing receivers having to stop and make a play. Um, things that I thought would just not work well in the NFL. And it's like the one that was, I would say, the, you know, the, the attitude stuff I could have learned to live with. Um, and, and not only did I learn to live with it, but I learned to like it because and love it because of what he's done you know how it's how it's different than what I thought it was. You know, it wasn't the cockiness and the arrogance that you know, like, well, I'm better. Like the Aaron Rodgers, I, I, and I, you know, I guess I, I won't say like the Aaron Rodgers approach. His cockiness and arrogance is that he is a great teammate, and he wants he he's going to take his teammates and make everyone better because he that's what he wants. He wants to win, and he wants he doesn't he doesn't give a crap about the numbers, and he just wants to win. And you can see it. You know, I don't, I don't, and I'm not saying other guys don't do that, but uh, don't feel that way. And I, maybe Aaron Rodgers is a bad example, but I think Baker knows he's good, and I think Baker knows he's got good guys around him. And I think that, um, you know, obviously the the whole when he Callaway fumbled that ball, he ran right down the field and he went went over to him and he gave, you know, like I think Baker is a great, not only a great teammate, but the one real hang up that had on his actual game. He's basically eliminated. Um, if you watch, there are those, he doesn't hang in deep balls anymore. I mean, it's like they're that's non-existent. That throw last week uh, to Landry was probably one of the best throws I've seen in the last two or three years in the NFL. Never mind by a Browns quarterback. I, I you know, we had this little discussion in our in our little Facebook group, and and uh, Easy wanted to say that it was the best throw he's ever seen a Browns quarterback made. And, and I have to say, like, maybe, I mean, I remember one or two throws Bernie made, you know, like early on when I first started watching, thinking that those were, wow, look at that. And, you know, like my dad being, you know, oh, look at that. That's a great throw. And, you know, I mean, I'd have to go back and look to think, like, it's got to be at least that far back before I saw, a th- you know, since I've seen a throw that was that good by a Browns quarterback. I mean, you know, you might see Russell Wilson or, 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 uh, or uh, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or, or Peyton Manning make a throw like that, you know, but to see a Browns guy make that throw, it's just like, holy hell, I, I don't remember the last time that that happened. You know, it's got to be 84, 85, 86, something like that. It's, it's not since 90, you know, it, it's, it's since, since before, before you know, before Bernie, you know, or Bernie, and and maybe you know, maybe even before that, maybe Sipe. It's crazy to think that it's that long ago that we haven't had, you know, a guy make a throw like that. 
I mean, I, I watched a lot of NFL and college film, uh, you know, kind of, kind of going back in history because I lack, you know, the, uh, uh, I was I wasn't fortunate enough to uh, grow up with this, so. True. Uh, and, and I don't think that I've seen a, a better throw than that. The only throw that I, I I would compare it to is is the rapist's throw in in the Super Bowl against the Cardinals. To uh, it's Antonio Holmes. Yeah, that's. I mean that's a money throw. I, I there's some there's some Kurt Warner throws that are up there. I think there's some uh, there's probably a couple of Aaron Rodgers throws that are up there. I w- I would say that there's certainly a Russell Wilson throw up there. I, I'm just trying to think of. I remember seeing him make a throw that I thought, geez, I don't think there's many guys in the NFL that can make that throw. Uh, and you know, let's praise Landry too because that wasn't an easy catch by any means. No. That 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 was that, that. I mean, it's. I don't know if if uh, anyone else on on uh, any any other receiver of ours could have made that catch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the way, if we are talking about receivers, Rashad Perryman. I mean, I thought I thought he was going to be out the door as soon as he came in, and. I don't think he dropped a pass since he's been here. Uh, I'm no. Just gonna, I'm just going to knock on real quick. I think he might have dropped one, but I mean, the guy has made some really good catches. It's like, again, this is it's almost like a different player. And, you know, yeah, this is. You, you wouldn't know that he's Perryman if, 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 if it didn't say so on his back. And, um, you know, you know uh, the, he he spoke to. I think Nate Zagora, when he said that um, the confidence uh, and and the vibe of the team, you know, kind of rubbed off on him. I mean, I'm, I'm sort of paraphrasing here, but uh, if if uh, sorry, if ba- Baker's responsible, uh, Baker and Freddie and Greg, I imagine are 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 the uh, biggest influencers of this vibe. Um. Uh, then uh, you know, and the and the the great effect it seems to have on players. Uh, you know, you keep that thing intact. And uh, one more thing that I just remembered, uh, I think it was a Kansas game when when uh, Baker was hit and he he stood up right away and started jawing off the uh, guy who hit him. And how uh, the players on defense loved him for that. Do you remember? Do you, do you know? Remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think it was Tampa Bay. It was the Tampa Bay game. Was it? Yep. A- anyway, uh, that was just an awesome moment, and uh, I think that's uh, you, you talked about his uh, personality. I, I think that's kind of a. Um, what seems like arrogance is is kind of like a side effect of the awesome parts of his uh, confident and uh, competitive leadership style. It just comes with the territory. I mean, I mean uh, when he planted the flag, I wasn't too enthused, but um, still, that's, uh, that's an awesome guy to have 
on your team to grab his own nuts and tell the other defense to fuck off. That's that's just awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, the thing is, he backs it up. You can't, you know, there's no debating that. Not only does he back it up, but like he's not a kind of he's the kind of guy that wants to draw. I mean, I think he's the kind of guy that would draw all the negativity towards him. If something bad happened, if the team wasn't playing well, it would be his fault. He would never say, Hey, my guy did this or Hey, my guy did that. Or he doesn't seem the kind of guy that's going to throw anybody under the bus. It's always going to be on him, but he's also going to be the guy that shares the wealth. If, if the team is successful, it's going to be because of everybody and not because of him. Um, and that's, you know, that's not, sorry. So, I mean, he, he, he invited his uh, lineman to dinner over, and he cooked himself. I mean, that's th- these little things, you know. Yeah, he, so he, I think he has he has kind of like a a, a, a good writer's insight, like naturally into yeah. other people's personality and, See, and what. I don't think it's hard to motivate your co like I you know obviously these are his co- his coworkers and I don't think it's hard to motivate your coworkers or to to make your co coworkers realize that you just care about them and you want them to do you know a good job because everybody's interests are common at that point and the the thing about him is he's he's he is like I said he's 23 years old and he's it's like he's got a world of experience already on and on what it's like to be a leader um you can't really you know you can't help but be impressed by not only his off the field stuff but uh and and his on the field stuff but i mean just you know like he's how he's handled the criticism too i mean you know he's been he's been labeled you know the next johnny manzel or or he's a big 12 quarterback and he's never going to pan out in the league and he's got his haters i mean there are guys out there that absolutely just you know obviously Colin Coward is would probably be number one, but he stood there and went toe to toe with a radio host and proved him wrong. This is a guy who does it for a living, and he just he just sat there and he, he basically said, "Well, this is why I did this, and this is why I did that." And Coward had no answer for him, but he still, you know, obviously, you know, maybe it's a ratings thing or whatever it is, but 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 Baker just said, you know, he doesn't take he didn't take shit from anybody. You know, if he does wrong, he'll stand up and admit to it. But this is a guy that when he knows he's done the right thing, he's not going to let you talk him down he's just i mean you can't help but be impressed with the kid and you know to to be doing some you know playing this well at such a young age and uh you know looking as experienced and 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 almost you know veteran like as he has been you know you can't help but just the future is so bright for for him and and by you know by you know by extension, by extension, yeah, exactly. The Browns, exactly. Thank you for that. Um, you know, so I, you know, coaching quarterbacks. I mean, I, I think those are two really good, you know, points to talk about. And I, um, we'll take one more quick break, and then when we come back, we'll uh, we'll talk about the future. Um, we'll talk about uh, potential, you know, the next the next three weeks, and uh, you know, and uh, you know, maybe the draft too, for yeah, my we'll sake. Why not? I know you want to. So uh, we'll be right back and uh, uh, catch you on the other side. Welcome back. So fourth, I guess, uh, well, I, you know, I, I wanted to talk future and, and uh, the next three weeks, but how about we just look past that? Let's let's start talking about the off season. What do you think? Uh, 
I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to you a lot in this because, as crazy as it sounds, normally by now I have all of the guys in the draft that I like, you know, kind of targeted. I know where you know relatively know where we're gonna be picking inside the top five. Right now, I think we're picking currently. I think we're picking four, 12th or 14th or something in that range. And, um, I mean, God knows what's going to happen over the next three weeks. I mean, that that could drastically change uh, either, you know, for the good or for the bad. You know, we may be picking higher or lower. Not that it really should matter to us because we really at this point want to just – we're hoping for wins. Um, but what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? I know you have a few guys that you're very high on and uh, you could you could – you can go ahead and, and just throw it out there. Uh, what do your What do you think if we're picking, you know, say tenth or twelfth? What do you think? Uh, you know, what do you think is a good position for us to address? What players do you like? Um, and, and what do you think we'll do? Boy, the, the last one is I have absolutely no idea what we're gonna do. Um, the prevailing uh, thought uh, among those that do mock drafts is that we're gonna pick a tackle and most of them seem to mock uh, Greg Little to us Um, I I honestly at this point I'm okay with taking a tackle in the first round but that's not what I would prefer I would prefer if we um, I don't know if you've seen some of the debates about the defensive line that we had on the Chow, but my opinion is that we don't have the the uh, like a true nose tackle for uh, the uh, um, for the four three. Uh, I think it's called over that the uh, that the Gregs are running. Mm-hmm. Uh, which a, a true like run, you know, a uh, run stopping, you know, block eating tackle basically. Yeah, that's uh, the 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 one tech. Yeah, that's, that's essentially Coley's role. Uh, or uh, I mean, we we had uh, Sheldon, Sheldon. We had uh, Meter, uh, who were uh, closer to the uh, prototypical guy. Mm-hmm. And on the roster right now, I think Price is actually better suited for that role. Uh, but um, yeah, so that's 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 what I would pick. I would pick Dexter Lawrence. I think he, uh, I think we could, you know, get him into a bit bit of a better shape because he is at three hundred forty. And that's a big boy. Yeah, at six three. Uh, but but you know, if if you watch his tape, his his he's got enormous power, and he can still push the uh, push his blockers back. He can you know go for the uh, quarterback. Uh, you know, plus he, it's kind of difficult to assess some of these guys uh, from a, from a performance in terms of numbers because uh, that Clemson line is just stacked with down. Uh, it's it's, yeah, I mean, it's you a, got you got Farrell. I mean, they they are yeah they are stacked. Yeah, I mean yeah, 
that's that's uh it's uh, you know a lot of uh rotation happening and shit like that you know it's kind of like uh Russian Gary is is one of the guys who are hyped yeah and uh he didn't really play the role that most people kind of imagined for him in at the next level so you know it's it's difficult to stay, to watch these things and honestly to tell you the truth by by this time I'm I'm also way way ahead of where I am in terms of watching the guys I'm 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 I'm, I'm so far behind uh, and usually I, I I sort of start at the back end uh guys that are you know expected to go like day 3 that's where I start mm-hmm. so I haven't seen that much of the top guys but you know Right now, I, I I would really like us to pick uh, Dexter Lawrence at, uh, I think we are 13 right now. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I like Lawrence too. I like, I mean, I, Gary's, it's, it's, it's funny that you mentioned Gary's another guy that I really liked a lot. Um, again, another guy, I think, like you said, he's played out of position, but he's huge. I mean, he's 6'5", he's what, 275? I mean, I think he's, know. I think he's 285. Oh, whatever. I mean, he's a big dude. He's super fast. Um, I mean, I, you can't help but think that he's going to be a really good NFL player. I just don't know. Um, you know, like I said, I haven't done enough research. It's it's really tough. Like I said, that I guess I've been enjoying football. You know, it's it's a it's a unique thing for me to just to sit down and enjoy and watch. I mean, I pretty much watched every game live this year except maybe the Tampa game. And maybe one other game, uh, but pretty much every game this year I've watched live uh, and watched every snap uh, and enjoyed every, you know, even even the bad games I've enjoyed because it's just like, you know, there's there's something to be hopeful for. So, I mean, I've watched, you know, I probably watch a little bit less college football than I usually watch. Um and maybe that's affecting my, you know, my thought process about players. But I, I've also kind of given up on fantasy football. It's just not. I, I'm just enjoying the Browns, and it's it's such a unique uh, experience because I haven't had that. You know, like I mean, I've watched games in the past. It's not like I haven't watched, but I've made the effort this year and and last year, but specifically this year to watch every you know every snap uh, that I could. And um, I would say that uh, it it probably plays a big role in me not really knowing as much about the college guys. Cause I really just, you know, as much as, you know, we've been towards the top of the board and it's been, you know, well, we got to get this guy. We got to get this guy. This is the guy I want. This is the guy I want. I really don't have that feeling right now because I kind of feel like, you know, maybe if we did add a really good player, it could push us over the top, but I don't, you know, like I'm just, there's too much positive right now in the, on this, on this team. And, and I just can't say one way or another, like one guy's going to do it for me. I, I mean, I, would you love, there are there guys that you would love to add? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to add, uh, you know, a good, a, you know, a, a big play wide receiver. I'd like to add a tackle. I'd like to add a defensive lineman, but I'm not going to, you know, like, I don't, you know, it used to be where that was the only thing I had to look forward to. And I don't feel like that's the case right now. I feel like, you know, uh, we're going to be pretty active in free agency, I think. I think we're going to sign a couple of players because I think the players are going to want to come here for, for a change. You know, good quality players will want to come here and it's not going to be where we're 
you know, we're paying the Browns tax, you know, like, you know, what we did with, uh, you know, uh, Kenny Britt or, um, you know, uh, what's his name from uh, the Ravens, the linebacker that we got. Um, you mean the Ravens? Yeah, years back. He's not with us anymore. Um, he's with the, you know, he's with the living, but he's not with us anymore. Uh, big white dude. The Saints got. No, he went to the Saints, right? Yeah, but he, he was from the. We got him from the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Why, I just, why is this? Just, why is this eluding me? Um, it's it, weird because I, I don't remember either. Long yeah. Care. Anyways, yeah, I don't care either. It's 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 past regimes and and it's it, like you said, it's just one of those signings where we had to overpay to get somebody remotely decent to come here, and uh, you know I, I, that will not be the case right now. Uh, it won't be the case moving forward. You know, guys are going to want to come here because you know, hey, look, guys want to play with Baker. You know, guys want to be on on defense with Miles Garrett. You know what I mean? They're, they're going to want to, you know, uh, defensive ends are going to want to come play because, you know, Denzel Ward's going to, you know, or defensive linemen are going to want to play because Denzel Ward. Kruger. Is, Paul Kruger. Paul Kruger. Sorry. There you go. That, that's exactly. Kruger was a perfect example of the Browns tax, in my opinion. And, I, and we've talked about that, I'm sure, at nauseum in the chow. But, um, you know, it, I think guys are going to want to come here for a change uh, and not just for the money, for the, for the opportunity to play with, with guys that they think can win. And uh, I think that this team realizes that, you know, or, or the, the league is going to realize that this team can win. uh, And it's going to be something that, you know, has a drastic impact over, you know, every aspect of, of what this team does, Um, you know, how they draft, how they, uh, you know, how they develop players now. Cause if you have a system, one of the problems that we've obviously had and, and people have talked about is, well, we don't have consistency, so we can't build a scheme because we draft a guy and then two years later, he doesn't fit the system. And then, well, yeah, that's, that's, I agree, but that's part of the problem. But part of the problem is you can't not win in this league for two or three years. If you don't win for two or three years, you don't have a job. That's just the way it is. It, NFL stands for not for long or no fun league, but you can't, ex- you can't expect, you can't expect that, owners that that pay these kind of salaries are going to and fans are going to put up with teams that just don't win and and, you know and and don't win you know i think fans are willing to chalk up one one bad year maybe a bad year and a half maybe two years if they see something some light at the end of the tunnel and for 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 the last 10 there wasn't a light at the end of the tunnel the 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 one little stretch where we played well the season ended on a five game losing streak or four or five game losing streak and you know, and then the next year we were terrible. So obviously, guys have got to get fired at that point because it, if you're not building towards something, if you don't, if you don't see progress at the end of a season and you see decline after year after year after year, what do you think is going to happen? The teams don't they don't stay consistent. They don't want to. They don't want to. Owners don't want to keep a guy around who well he won five or six games and then he lost six in a row at the end of the year but he well he won those five or six at the beginning of the year and it, it, we looked better i mean how much better is it to to if you were to flop our season around and say we went three and two the first five games and then we went you know uh two and six the rest of you know to, to end the season how would you feel about the team it'd feel drastically worse right wouldn't you yeah yeah. I mean, you know, to, to the fact that we're playing better football now than we were at the beginning of the year. And and if we continue to play good football at the rest of the year, it's it's very easy to understand why you would want to keep Greg Williams around, isn't it? I mean, but if if, you know, if we played 
say we say we played 500 ball and you got fired. Say we were three or say we were uh, three, three and one. He got fired after week seven. Right. And uh, and we kept. You know, Greg Williams around and we went one and one and uh, eight the rest of the way or two. I mean, you would feel worse about the team. Right. I mean, never mind just the coaching staff, the team as a whole, you would feel worse about Um Right now, the players give us a reason to be, you know, and the coaches give us a reason to be hopeful for next year because they're playing well. They're they're progressively getting better and playing well at the end of the year. I mean, that's something we haven't had, and that's why I get why you're saying the consistency. We should keep these guys around, and and I, I agree in that sense. But it's also, you know, that's part of this whole building a scheme towards something you know we can draft guys that well they might not be ready to play right now but give them two or three years to you know to learn under guys like um i won't say jamie collins but to learn under guys like christian kirksey or joe schobert that maybe we can draft a linebacker in the in the fourth round who's a bit of a project or or something like that where he learns to play within our system or you know we can draft a defensive lineman or we can draft a corner or we can draft a wide receiver or you know what i mean guys that that we can play up because we have good players who can teach them a role, how to be a professional. And in two or three years, they could be valuable contributors. So, I mean, you know, we're not drafting a guy in the third or fourth round to, to try and win a starting job. We're drafting a guy in the third or fourth round that based off potential could be a good NFL player. You know, it's, it's a, it's a different mindset. Um, so I think our off season is going to be pretty interesting. And I think it's going to be something that, you know, maybe, Maybe we haven't, you know, it's going to be very different than any other offseason we've had in years because obviously, you know, number one, I think this is for the first time it's going to be going into the offseason as a, a better team than, than number we expected and a, a team that, that, that players want to come to and a team that's going to approach the draft differently because they're not going to be drafting at the top of the board and they're going to be drafting for the, the present and the future as opposed to drafting for the got to get some good players on the team now so that we don't look so terrible moving forward. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's gonna be interesting, especially if we keep on winning and keep on getting uh, lower on the uh, picking order. Yeah, because I, I always envied uh, those good teams um, because uh, who picked later. Not just because you know the seasons are better and you know there are better teams, but in terms of uh, taking talent from the draft, you know, there's always like. The way I imagine this is sort of like a um, at the top. It's it's like uh, birds uh, kind of picking uh, at at some fallen animal, you know, and arguing, and and you know the the uh, a lot of the a lot of the parts that they don't pick in their frenzy sort of fall to these good teams and they just keep getting better. And uh, every year I would, I would be pissed at uh, how a great player would fall to one of these already great teams, you know, just, you know, just, just because of, of the run on quarterbacks, for example, or, 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 or teams with a new quarterback, uh, taking, uh, tackle or whatever and you know the good team just patiently stay where they are or maybe even get lower and, and still get uh, the guy know. that they want uh, yeah by the way i just want to mention a guy who has fascinated me for 
I don't know, two weeks now. More, maybe. Uh, he's called Nate Harvey uh, from East Carolina. And I just stumbled upon his uh, uh, page on Sports Reference. And I, I, I'm going to send the link to you. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I just I just Googled him. Uh, he's a 6'1", 225 defensive end. So he's a little, he's a smaller guy, but. Uh, here, here it says linebacker, but, you know, he, he is a sen- senior. And, you know, take, take a look at the link that I just sent you. He has two years uh, at East Carolina. Uh, his first year as a junior position running back. Right, played in five games. 2018 senior class, it says linebacker. He played in 12 games. He had 61 tackles, 24.5 tackles for loss, and 12 sacks, plus one forced fumble and a forced and a fumble recovery. He had the most, um, Tackles for loss in the entire NCAA. Yep. And the most sacks in the American, American Conference. Yep. And he is the AAC Defensive Player of the Year for 2018. And from what I can tell, and I'm not entirely sure, but it seems like this is his first year playing on defense. Maybe I don't well, know. He probably, he probably played defense in in high school. I don't uh, know. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna need to check. But you know. To, Come in your senior year, and I know it's East Carolina. It's not. You see, but, but, but this is were, this is this were is a, ridiculous. You know, they were, they were Eastern Carolina is not a uh, you know it's not a it's it's been a program that's been successful in the past. It's not you know you can't you know just say well it's you know it's not like it's William and Mary you know this is a you know that they they were a legit Division One team you know you can't you can't just say that they don't count for anything. I mean. But he's a big guy. I mean, for he was a big guy for running back. I don't know how big he is for a linebacker, but uh, he's here. It says linebacker. He's listed as a defensive end on the site that I clicked on. But I'm gonna watch. I'll check some film out on the guy. Uh, thank you for you know. Always, I'm always you know. Always want to see one guy or two guys that you know, like you, you, your your draft crushes. That the guys that you know, you just they just really like. And even if they don't go to you, you, you kind of follow their their pro careers. I mean, last year though, I had two guys in particular. One. Uh, one his uh you know made an NFL roster and one one guy is on a practice squad um uh John Kelly and Simi Cobbs those were my two guys uh I think Kelly's going to be a really good pro and he's had some time he's had a few carries he's probably been more DNP than it than uh you know uh, or he didn't dress um more than uh, than you know whatever because he's you know he's obviously playing behind uh, Todd Gurley but in the preseason he was he was a monster he had some really good uh really good numbers and Cobbs has been on the Washington practice squad most of the year. Um, and another guy, I just, you know, watching the film on him, I just thought he had a lot of desire. He, uh, you know, he's a really good, uh, guy to fight for the ball. I just haven't picked those guys out yet this year, but I will check out Nate Harvey and see if he is going to be one of those guys that, that I just really like. Um, I appreciate it. Thanks for the heads up, dude. Hey, another, another name, if you don't mind, just one yeah. more Porter Gustin. Porter Gustin. Porter Gustin. Also a defensive player. And uh, uh Oh Mark, from uh from USA. Okay, I know this yeah. guy. Yep. Isn't he, didn't he get hurt? 
Yeah, he has a lot of injury concerns. That's 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 the problem with him. Yeah. But uh, I think he's one of those. As I said, I'm check. I've started with the guys who could be there later, and mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure that uh, Nate Harvey is gonna be there. Uh, in the draft, uh, it seems like uh, East Carolina wants another year from him. I don't know. I don't know how that's possible, but we'll see. Anyway, well, he's a the transfer, Broncos. So. The Broncos game. Yeah. Um, did you know that Colin Coward picked us? Did he? Yeah, that, I, I see that, that as a bad omen. That honestly. goddamn weasel! I can't stand him, man. I used to like him a lot, but he's one of those guys. He's just been—he's you know—he's been proven to be so phony. The uh, you know he's obviously he was a huge. Um, I mean, he's been a critic of Baker since day one. Uh, you know, he had Baker in there. And I give him credit for getting up there and, and questioning Baker. But, he, you know, he's standing by. Instead of admitting that he was wrong about Baker Mayfield, he stands on, you know, he's going to pound salt until he thinks he's, you know. When the guy wins a couple of Super Bowls, you know, if he wins, God willing, wins a couple of Super Bowls, are you going to say he was, wasn't worth the pick? I mean, I he's, a, you know. Uh, yeah, it, Coward's Coward's been on these crusades before. Like he's been very against uh, uh, the WWE pro wrestling, and uh, you know it's fake, and we all know it's fake, Coward. But at the same point, now Fox, you know, his employer is is trying to buy the rights to uh, you know to, to broadcast one of Vince McMahon's properties, and of course now Coward's got to eat crow and 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 talk up WWE because his 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 company wants him to. I mean, you know, like so I don't. I, it, you know, I, I, it's tough to have respect for a guy when he does stuff like that. I mean, I get it; it's his job, and he's got to, you know, whatever. But you know, I, there's things about him that I just can't stand. And I used to like him, but the more I've listened to him, the more I've seen his opinions, you know, just dangle, you know, based off of whatever he thinks is going to get him ratings. I just, can't, I have a hard time, you know, dealing with the guy. So I, he could pick us all he wants. I could give a shit less. You know, I, I think. Uh... You know, it's 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 sort of interesting how these types of guys who uh, live for the uh, uh, clickbaity type uh, arguments want at the same time to seem like they always know everything. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I mean, the, the 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 highlight of the and not to and I hate to interrupt you, but the highlight of the week was uh, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, this week did you happen to catch any of that no all right so um i don't know what he's on first take or whatever he's got some show on espn and he had a couple of nfl guys on i don't remember exactly who it was uh but they were talking up obviously a big game on thursday night which ended up being we, we should have i would have liked to have talked about it a little bit today but that was a phenomenal game thursday night uh, the chiefs and the chargers and um the uh the, the crazy thing is Stephen A. Smith is talking about the game uh, and he's talking about Hunter Henry having a huge impact and being a matchup against, um, you know, being a matchup that the, the Chiefs would struggle with. And, uh, you know, for all of you guys who don't know, Hunter Henry has been on the IR all season. Um, he hasn't played a snap for the, the Chargers and he's still not 
playing a snap for the Chargers. So, you know, this is a guy that, that comes in and doesn't even realize he's going to talk up a matchup like he like he knows what's going on. And uh, he doesn't even realize that the guy that he is about to proclaim as a matchup nightmare or a potential matchup threat or a matchup that he wants to see with the Chiefs, a guy who hasn't taken a snap yet for the, for the, for this team this season. I mean, clickbait. I, guys should stick to what they know. You know, and, and and listen, I you know, I feel like I can talk about the Browns because I, I read about them every day. I I watch every you know, I watch pretty much every snap live. If not, I watch it. Uh, you know, I'll watch a condensed game if I can. I'll get my hands on on the game tape somehow. <clears throat> that being said, these other guys come out, you know, and they want to I get it that they have a lot to talk about, that they have to talk about every team that's out there, that they have to talk about every game that's out there. But to not even know that the guy that you're about to talk about is not going to be able to play because he's on injured reserve and he has been all year. It's just mind boggling. You know, you know I, I like to imagine that uh, an unpaid intern was, was uh, finally had enough of his shit and just gave him something uh, that he knew was wrong to talk about. That's, that's, that's kind of how, how I like to imagine that situation. Now that I, now that you told me about it. Well, it's even, it's even worse. Um, because he had, you know, like he, I guess he would, he highlighted, I'm just now, now I actually Googled it, uh, but he highlighted that Chiefs running back Spencer Ware, Chargers tight end, Hunter Henry, and Chiefs linebacker Derek Johnson as three guys that would be instrumental in the game, the, the outcome of the game. Well, Ware didn't play because he was hurt. Uh, and that's a recent thing. But, you know, you would think that a guy that, um, you know, is, is about to talk about the game on national TV that hosts a show would know that. Um, Chargers tight end Hunter Henry obviously has been on IR all season. And Derek Johnson hasn't been on the Chiefs all year. Uh, Derek Johnson is currently not on the Chiefs. So, uh, you know, like this is like, you know, they're, you know, if you got the bullseye in front of you, this is like shooting backwards. You know what I'm saying? Like he totally, totally uh, – he totally was off. Anyways. Uh, you know, anyways, I, 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 I don't envy these guys who, I mean, I only care about the Browns. If I had to watch, I mean, they, uh, Stephen A. Smith clearly doesn't watch shit. No, he's a, he's a basketball guy and that's it. He should uh, just stick to that. Yeah, but, uh, you know, if I had to watch every game, uh, I don't know if I would enjoy myself doing so uh it it would be a job it's a job at that point and i understand that we're fans although although, to be honest uh when when i thought about it i I thought about it like you know the broadcast but obviously they they don't watch the broadcast so that's that's a different thing i can i can watch a condensed game of of you know each game and then i have my opinion but uh, still that would be a other than the browns game that would be a will be a job and that would that would you know immediately take away a, a lot of the enjoyment but then to go on and then watch baseball and and maybe maybe uh basketball but you're a soccer. huge baseball fan though so I mean, yeah I, I, obviously i'm a huge baseball fan so you, you got you know. the tribe i mean i'm sure you're you're uh you're stoked for your tribe this year uh, yeah, yeah, and I, and I heard that there were some movements. Yeah, yeah. some trades, a few trades. Yeah, uh, of, of course, I know each trade that 
happened. I just it, it just escapes my mind, but I I I, I have a sort of uh, I, I'm a bit unsure about whether I like those moves or not. You haven't you haven't been able to digest them fully yet. No, no, no. It's, it's football season. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Once the, once the football season is over, you know, I'm I'm all baseball as usual. Yeah. Uh, oh man! So do you want to uh, you want to throw a prediction at this game, or you want to uh, risk throwing a jinx out there? Or <laughs> it's uh, you know you know what's weird? <coughs> I don't really feel anything. I just I just want to see it. Yeah. Sort of yeah. weird. I, there there's, there there isn't this dread. No, there yeah. isn't. There isn't. I, I, I am just, looking I, forward I, to this I, game. I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to waking up at two thirty a.m. Yeah. But um, other than that, uh, plus uh, so my will my, you, will you watch the game live? I guess two thirty is your is your you're six hours ahead, right? So I guess yeah, that's about yeah. right. Will you be, you'll be watching live then, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I have to. It's yeah. uh, the only game that I missed. Uh, was the uh, game against uh, the Texans. And I found a YouTube channel that has every game condensed. And I, I, I re-watched it there. Nice. But you know what? It, it, I, ha- I, had to, I had to try to re-watch it like five times because every time that I came to where uh, Callaway uh, lost the ball... Before he, he he could score a touchdown, I just had to stop watching because that was just, uh, that that just frustrated me so yeah. much. And I, I mean, I love the guy. It's just that 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 was just a frustrating moment. Sure. So I I, I guess um, one of the things that we could kind of end off on is um, I don't know if you you probably I mean you probably hate Pittsburgh. You probably hate the Ravens. You know, I have a um, and I think most Browns fans my age are guys even older. Um, like ska or uh, or easy, um, they you know we have a an unnatural hatred of the Broncos and specifically John Elway. Um, I said I think earlier in the, in the in the in the chat one day this week that uh, I think the uh, the drive game is the first time that I ever dropped an f bomb. I might have been seven years old, um, and it was because my dad had done the just before um, <laughs> so uh so we you know my i grew up in a household that um uh that has an unnatural hatred specifically for john elway but um but definitely the broncos it sucked to see him win it sucked to see them win super bowls um it, it sucked that Peyton Manning won that went there and when they won another Super Bowl i hate that team i hate that franchise i hate everything about that um but uh, so I am. I have uh, you know for me for for us to come out here tonight and go and kick the shit out of this team would be amazing. Um, I would like to end uh, what I think was a really fun uh, you know just shooting the crap session with a uh, a request uh, from my good buddy here. I would like you to uh, tell John Elway exactly how you think I feel about him right now in uh, a language of your choice, uh, any of the uh, multiple languages that you speak. I just think it's a nice way to to end uh, end the the day. Oh boy, okay. Okay, John Elway, 
Chris úgy gondolja, hogy meg kéne basznod a kurva anyádat, mert egy mocskos szemét faszopogeci vagy. And I don't know what the hell that says, but I definitely got the point across. <laughs> Man, I, I, I hope these never get translated because that's just, I mean, that's, that's just everyday sailor talk <laughs> in Hungarian, but... Uh, But uh, it, as always, man, it's it's been a while, but it's been it was fun. Uh, I'm glad we got to do this. Um, game time is about six hours away, so I hope you get a couple hours of sleep before uh, before kickoff. And uh, let's go Browns! Yeah, go Browns! Fuck everyone else. Catch you guys soon. Hello, you are listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play, brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories, like how we found the best way to play Yakuza Zero. Or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening. <laughs>